Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws, and thanks for joining us today. And thanks for the download. Thanks for all the support. We really appreciate the feedback and just every, just the support is fantastic for the podcast. We just we wouldn't be doing this without you, the listener. So uh, keep on telling us what what you like about the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes if you haven't done so already. We we love your feedback and we'll continue to keep developing great content for you. Uh, so you keep coming back and downloading the podcast. Today's guest is Pearl Woldorf. She is a licensed professional counselor. And as she states in her story on her website, Pearl gets to use the gift of simply being with people right where they are. And you can find her at pearlwoldorf.com. Pearl, it is so great to have you. Thanks for joining the podcast today. Thank you, Brandon. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about which is you're an expert in mindfulness and specifically for productivity. So first off, for those who really don't understand what mindfulness is, just help us define it for us. I know people have probably heard the term, maybe don't know necessarily what it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, the way that I like to think of mindfulness is... Um, it's a, it's a capacity we all have to pay attention to what's happening right here, right now, in the present moment. And the piece that can be challenging is to do that as best we can without judgment. So being right here, right now would mean if I'm here listening to you and I'm playing on my phone, that's not necessarily being mindful. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a beautiful example. Yes, if we can um, be paying attention to our experience as it's happening, we unlock all kinds of resources that um, otherwise really aren't available to us. You'll probably walk us through how to be mindful and some exercises, but first I want you to sort of explain how will mindfulness and kind of the practice of it help us at work? Well, what, what I'm going to be talking about today is kind of two basic brain states that we can use mindfulness to kind of track in ourselves. And at work, we, we can tend to fall into experiences of high stress we might find ourselves feeling really disengaged or kind of annoyed um, by assignments we may have, frustrated with coworkers. Um, and if we, we, if we begin to build our own capacity to pay attention to what's happening inside of us instead of 
only focusing on what's going on interpersonally or with a project, we actually empower ourselves to be able to make better choices. So if we're stressed, to be able to actually notice, oh man, I am stressed out and I need to take care of myself in some way. I need to step back for a moment. You know, if we're if we're feeling really disengaged, like what's going on there? What's happening with me? And what might I be able to do to shift that experience? It sounds to me that mindfulness is really just an awareness thing, like just recognizing that you're not being mindful in, in the present. Absolutely. I. It's interesting because when you say that, Brandon, what comes up for me is that I think people kind of miss, uh, kind of mistake the concept of mindfulness for meditation. Meditation is a very specific, you know, task that we do. It's almost like going to the gym where we sit down and we kind of exercise our brain. Now, doing meditation can be a wonderful support for that mindfulness that we're talking about. Um, But it's two different things. And what I've found in my experience is that really all of us have some capacity to kind of notice what's happening with us. It's, it's, it's kind of like self connection. Um, and that's one of the ways that I like to talk about it with clients. And maybe later, if we have some time, I'll, I'll run you through a little exercise where, you know, I can support you to kind of notice what's happening with you. Uh Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. I love it. I'm sort of nervous, but it's going to be great. Yeah, only if you are comfortable with it. I absolutely, I think the the listener will definitely benefit from that. So we'll we'll definitely do that. You'd mentioned a a little bit ago that mindfulness sort of has two basic brain states. Is that what you said? And then what, what are those? If we can go scientific just for one second. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sort of a brain science nerd, so scientific is good. I, I would say there there may be more states um, of mindfulness, but the two that feel really pertinent to the workplace, I have have termed, on the one hand, there's the skill of execution. So in, in this capacity, we're actually focusing our attention on a particular task you know, we're, 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 we're able to find and analyze problems where this is a great state for making decisions because we're really able to evaluate what's going on. It's kind of the organizer, the, the part of us that um, the, the way of paying attention that enables us to complete our work tasks, right? So that's execution on the one side. On the other side, and this is... <laughs> This is really tricky because I think in great part, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Brandon, but I think in great part, a lot of us really think of our work as execution only. It's like we got to just kind of do the, do stuff all the time. There's this task and this task, and we got to get this done and what's next, right? And this other state of mindfulness, I'm terming receptivity, okay? And really when we start to think about the whole kind of flow of what actually supports productivity, we find that this receptive state is actually quite a large 
part of what supports us to be productive in our work lives. So receptivity um, has more to do with kind of opening up to our experience, kind of pausing, um, stepping back. It enables us to kind of step back and see the big picture. This state actually enables us to take in satisfaction from the work that we do, which is a really important part of staying engaged in our work, right? Um, it's the part of us that actually notices our relationships and pays attention to how it is that we're engaging with others. Uh, you know, on, in, in a, a certain way, I'm guessing that, you know, this sounds, this side of the spectrum kind of sounds like soft skills. And, and yet so many of our errors result from a lack of capacity to sort of open up and take in what's happening around us. You're so right. And until you kind of put those two sides together, I never would have thought about that. Like the execution part absolutely makes sense. And I think most people go go there. The receptivity to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like it's almost like the, the flow of information that's happening. It's you being present and being able to absorb and then sort of understand where you're at mind, like mindfully in the, in the moment. Yeah. Um, but do you think people are even paying attention to that side at all? I mean, you mentioned execution is the, the part people go to. I, you know, if we, if we kind of think of an example, maybe of, you know, I don't know where we've just, so execution is the part of the process where, bam, we've just taken action. Maybe we've just, you know, completed a project, right? Um, and in, in, not just in work, but in life in general, and our culture is incredibly biased towards action, um, towards doing, right? But it, 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 and so our impulse is to kind of complete a project and jump to the next project, right? So uh, some of these other receptive states that are really important are the process of sort of taking stock. You know, what have I completed here? What is the impact of this completion? You know, what successes can I attribute to this process, right? It's this kind of finding satisfaction and really taking stock of where are we in the big picture of our, of our work, um, you know, kind of our work direction, right? Um, we also need to be able to find closure um, with a project, right? If, we, if we're jumping to the next thing, we may feel like we haven't even quite, you know, we're just always in action. We don't have those pause moments, and the reason these pause moments are so important is that those kind of the ahas, the insights, the deep connections that we can make around what's really important in our work lives, that kind of clarity, those things happen when we're in an open, receptive state. I want to run a scenario by you, and then I want to just kind of get your reaction to maybe how this plays into mindfulness. So let's say throughout my day, I've got people coming and going. I've got a thousand different projects on my desk. 
got calls, I got emails, and I'm in no part of that am I taking stock of where I'm at mentally. But in some cases, and this happens all the time to me, but I may I may grab onto a project that I've got to dedicate three, four hours to, and I completely invest myself into it. And then by the time it's over, I've I'm like, did four hours just go by? Like what what just happened? I sort of got in the zone and I was so consumed in what I was doing that I time just stood still to me. What does that play a part in mindfulness? Absolutely, Brandon. I think you know, and, and what I would ask when 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 you come out of that state of like, holy cow, four hours just went by, like, how are you feeling? How how are you are you are you feeling good about what's happened, or are you exhausted? Uh, most of the time, I'm I'm on top of the world. Like I just accomplished everything I needed to, and I feel great. And I wish I could bottle that up somehow and and do it again. <laughs> And that is actually that flow that we're talking about. When we get into that flow where the ideas are, you know, an idea arises and we act on it and we're getting the satisfaction out of what we're doing and the next idea kind of comes out of a, out of, you know, you're, you, you have access to your, your most creative self when you're in that flow, right? And, and I think, you know, what you're naming is, that there are certain experiences in your work life that really support that kind of flow, where flow is easy, right? And all of those kind of phases of the of the receptive process are kind of folded into the experience. And then when we when we're inundated with all those items on our desk and we're feeling overwhelmed, that's where the mindfulness comes in. That's where, we need to actually kind of pause and notice, holy cow, this is, this is a lot of things. It's actually worth pausing to sort of take stock, like, you know, structure our process a little bit. And I think that can be challenging when we're pressed for time. I think our work environments don't support a lot of reflective time, a lot of kind of pausing and taking stock. Um, but when, when we are, the, the difference there is that some experiences we're just going to f- jump into flow and it's going to, and it's just going to be happening. Um, it's easy to access. And in other situations, it's less easy to access. And that I think is where the mindfulness becomes important. What, and what's interesting about that, just to take it a little step further, when I think about those flow states for me personally, I have a hard time getting started, but when I intentionally start and invest myself completely into what I'm doing, that's where I sort of open my mind up to that flow state. And I, th- I know it. It's just how do you engage yourself to, to get there? Well, and that's interesting because what I would say is that in a way, and, and one of the things that, I, that in, in the class I offer around mindfulness for productivity you know, the execution state and the receptivity state are both very important. And when we are overloaded with a thousand things that we need to do, and we don't have the capacity to actually have that laser focus that you're talking about, you're able to access when you're in deep in a project, that's something that we can actually cultivate, 
we can actually cultivate our capacity to focus, right? To make sure distractions aren't pulling us away from what the priority is that we've set for ourselves. And that seems like a low hanging fruit right there. So if we're always connected digitally and we're trying to get a project done on our computer, turning off email notifications, putting your cell phone away. I mean, those seem like obvious distract, like getting rid of the distractions is seems like number one. That's <laughs> absolutely right. Right. And, and again, I think we, we tend as humans, we tend to have a kind of stronger capacity on one side of this spectrum than the other. So execution on one side, receptivity on the other. For some of us, you know, we struggle, if we struggle with execution, we may, you know, be inundated with lots of ideas. We may be, you know, there's all this input and we're taking it in all the time. We're highly creative, but we have that difficulty with focus. We can get overwhelmed. We can feel disorganized. We can, you know, be unclear um, about what our priorities may need to be, right? On the other end of the spectrum, if we struggle with that receptive state, this is the state that sends us into hyper work stress mode, right? If we are hyper focused all the time, we become exhausted. We have difficulty with actually letting go and opening up to take in the goodness of what of what we've accomplished. You know, your example, Brandon, it's it's a it's a lovely example because you know what I hear is that there's this way that you were able to execute, you were you were focused on your work um, throughout the project and it was flowing, right? And at the end, you know, there was this sense of like, ah, that was that was fantastic. Good work, me. <laughs> right? And it, it, there's this feeling of like, yes, right? And if Absolutely. we yeah, and if we don't pause, if we don't actually you know, if, if our tendency is to just move to the next thing, if we're hyper in hyper execution mode, we're not going to feel that satisfaction. Hearing you say that, I want to make some assumptions. And as you, you articulated that beautifully on when you talk about mindfulness, there's two sides to this, right? There's the, the positive outcome side, uh, which is the result of being mindful in, in the present state. You have the state of flow. On the other side of it, what do you think of the outcomes? It seems to be like stress, maybe disorganization, uh, disengagement, something like that, where if you don't practice mindfulness and you're not sort of present with what you're doing, you are going to feel out of control. I think the, ter- the words you're choosing, you know, they resonate with me. Absolutely. Folks that I work with, you know, their experience is that they are it, it, it's a state that they've that they find themselves in that is not connected to their own experience they're they're not be able to prioritize they're not able to be they're not able to ask for help when they need it right they're just kind of floundering around in a state of overwhelm so i totally agree i mean i think that practicing a simple awareness practice, just kind of turning our attention towards our experience and noticing, how do I feel, (laughs) right? How is this going for me, right? And if we're constantly 
feeling stressed or frustrated or disengaged or overwhelmed, there's a problem, you know, and we all know that. Um, Mindfulness can actually be a wonderful tool to support a capacity to shift out of those states into more satisfying states of uh, work. So by now you've completely convinced me on practicing mindfulness. And I think hopefully the listeners feel the same way as me. But there's the the million dollar question is how do we do this? How do we practice it? I'm sure there's exercises or just other little tips that you could provide. And I'm, I know you said you had a class on this, so people can go check that out. And I definitely encourage them to do that. Maybe you could just provide us a little bit of insight on how we can actually be mindful. Again, when we think about these, and I like to think of the kind of execution on one end and receptivity on the other as a spectrum that we can kind of shift along, we can kind of move along, um, rather than I'm either here or I'm here. Um, And there are definitely ways that we can use mindfulness to kind of support our capacity to be able to notice, am I receptive or am I in execution? Am I focused or am I open, right? And in a way, what I want to name first is these tools of meditation, right? These types of practices. And I've I've, um, offered you guys, I've given you a a couple of resources that you could maybe check out, um, Brandon, that, that kind of offer a a more in-depth description of these different types of practices. But if you notice that you struggle with execution, if you find that organization is difficult, if you feel overwhelmed, if if you're, you're feeling highly stressed, execution is probably the direction that you want to focus. And the kinds of exercises that are gonna support this side of the spectrum are what we would we would call focused attention practices and so a simple practice of kind of pausing at your desk and closing your eyes if that feels comfortable and just focusing on the experience of your breath coming into your body right you might feel your chest expand You might feel the air kind of flowing past your nose as it comes in, right? Just feeling your body and the breath out. And a focused attentive practice means we are staying with that. Now, it's incredibly normal for the human brain to get distracted. That's actually not a problem. But as soon as we notice that we have lost track of our breathing, we want to bring our attention back to the breath. And what we'll find if we practice that, even just for five minutes, um, you know, a day, right after lunch, when when we're about to jump back into our work, um, we will find that our capacity to stay focused on our breath expands. And so on the other side of the Uh, spectrum, we would call an exercise that supports receptivity an open awareness practice. 
Okay, so on this side of the spectrum, rather than kind of zeroing in, almost like you could think of a camera, right? Kind of zeroing in on a very specific detail. Um, that's execution. When we're engaged in receptivity, we're opening that aperture and we're just kind of taking in what's around us. A great practice for open awareness is to just sit at our desk again um, and just to kind of pause, close our eyes and open our ears to the sounds around us. What we'll start to notice in this on this side of the spectrum is we might start to interpret the sounds. Oh, I hear, you know, my my office mate talking about that project, right? Um, if, if that becomes too distracting, it might be nice to step out of the office where you can just listen to the sound of the cars or the trees or, you know, the sounds that, that don't have language attached to them uh, so that we can just listen. And, and if we practice these two different forms of mindfulness, we start to feel the way our state shifts when we're focused and when we're open. It's, it's a very different state of engagement. What I find interesting is that I expected there to be so much more to it and big long exercises and, and just something that like for a busy person, you know, we're all busy, right? But for, for somebody who just feels disorganized and just chaotic all the time, adding one more thing to the day seems insane, right? Like, so to do mindfulness practices every single day, but the way you describe those is that they're very simple to do and it could easily add them to our day. And it's just more about being present and, and open, as you said. When you, you saying that, Brandon, it just, it, it really reminds me of that truth that sometimes self-care can feel like one more thing on the to-do list. You know, it, it, it's it's like we're already so, so, so busy. Um, and and so sometimes that simple practice and um, of kind of self-connection where we just maybe it's while we're walking to the cafeteria, you know, we're we're walking from a meeting back to our desk. We can actually just turn our attention to ourselves and notice what's my state how am I feeling after that meeting? Am I feeling really revved up? Am I feeling, um, you know, really open and, and, you know, access to ideas and possibilities um, are at my fingertips? Um, and noticing that in that way can be an even simpler way um, to incorporate a kind of mindfulness practice into our workday. Yeah, what I find interesting is that you mentioned self-care. Now, if we could just make mindfulness a part of our day, like brushing your teeth, where it's just automatic and you, you're already thinking about it and that you need to do it. Like, how do we, how do we get to that? Well, I love it. You could, you could actually use brushing your teeth, right? You got to brush your teeth every day. True. Yes, you could point. actually use brushing your teeth as a time of the day where you simply turn your attention towards your experience. How am I feeling in this moment? What's going on with me? What's happening in my 
physical body? What's going on in the state of my mind? Is it full of a thousand to-dos or is it pretty open and kind of ready for what's to come? Um, so I, I, I feel like when we do self-connection, which is the practice that I really focus on in my practice, I like to offer people these resources around um, focused attention practice, open awareness practice, as kind of going to the gym and exercising the muscles in our brains to kind of move us in the direction that we're less capable, right? And you know, you don't even need to necessarily do that right away. Just being able to to pause at some point during our day um, and notice our experience is very, very powerful. By chance, have you ever read the book called The Artist's Way or The Artist's Way at Work? I have. I have. It's yeah. been quite a number of years since I've read The Artist's Way. I didn't know that there was an artist's way at work. There is. Uh, we actually read it for, uh, we have a Zenium book club and we, we do podcasts on the books all the time, but we, we read it as a group and I think we had about 12 to 15 people participating and we do, we, we do weekly discussions on it for each chapter. And what I, and why I thought mindfulness was this overarching, huge, like exercise thing that you need to do because in the, in the book, the artist way at work, it was so intense. you keep journals you would you know have to go to the museum for an hour and walk around and just be present and it was like there was so many exercises and it was just exhausting <laughs> well isn't that funny right and and i think that our world is so we are really immersed in a culture that demands so much of us and even our health culture demands so much of us. We have, you know, we have to track what we're eating. We have to exercise. We have to do our mindfulness practice, right? I mean, it's, it really is impossible for all of us to do all those things. And that's why I like something like this very, very simple self-connection check that we can incorporate into, really into any part of our day. We just have to find a time where our mind doesn't need to be engaged in something else. I found the time. Do you want to walk me through it? <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. Great. So, so Brandon, if it feels good to you, go ahead and just close your eyes. Okay. And... What I want to support you to do is to just very intentionally turn on your own capacity to really notice your experience right now. And that may require turning your attention from the world of the outside all the tasks that need to be done to the world of your inside. And so you can just begin to notice for yourself what, what's going on in here, what's going on in me right now. You might notice the state of your mind. Maybe it's busy with activity. Maybe it's very quiet. Maybe you're evaluating this exercise. Any of those things are things that we can hold in our awareness. We can notice. 
You can notice the state of your body. How are your muscles feeling? Can you feel tension or relaxation? Do you feel sensations? Can you feel your feet on the floor? Whatever it may be, letting yourself notice your physical experience. And there may be images or you may be thinking back to something that happened a week ago and that's not a problem in self-connection. What we want to do is just to notice that's what we're doing. Oh, look at me. I am really caught up in that interaction I had with my wife last night, right? Oh, look at me. So taking whatever time you might need just to be curious, just to kind of take stock of your present moment. And when it feels right, you can come on back into conversation with me. Wow, I could fall asleep right now. <laughs> interesting, tell me you know, more, yeah, what was that like? What's interesting about that is so it has been a stressful day for me. I've got an event coming up in a couple hours that I'm particularly stressed out about. And I got a chance to take a moment to close my eyes and actually just kind of feel myself. Yeah. And I kind of felt it was kind of it was kind of weird. It was like my the stress kind of went away for a little while and kind of just felt my body loosening up and I didn't really care. <laughs> That is so wonderful. I'm so happy to hear you had that experience, Brandon. And that's not always the case, right? For some of us, we might stop and check in and we might notice, holy crowly, you know, my body is freaking out about this upcoming event. And the nice thing is that when we notice that, we can actually decide for ourselves, like, how do I want to respond to this? What might I do? Is there anything I can do before the event to calm my system, right? And if not, maybe we can decide for ourselves, you know what, I'm going to rest after this dang thing is over. I'm going to really give myself a pat on the back, take in the satisfaction of having done a great job, and, um, you know, let myself relax after a, a, a job well done, right? And I think the piece I also want to name, Brandon, about your experience is this is what mindfulness does. Mindfulness actually shifts us back out of our experience and enables us to sort of observe our experience, and very often with that comes this settling, this kind of like, oh, wow, look at that. I'm kind of stressed out, but it feels like here right now, I'm okay. There's actually brain chemistry involved in this. Um, mindfulness kind of releases a particular chemical into the brain that supports a kind of openness and uh, availability to learning. So it's a pretty powerful tool 
Yes, it is. And what I'll tell you that I learned from you just now, and you didn't necessarily say this, but I, I felt it, is that mindfulness is about taking control of things things happening to you. Because oftentimes we let let life just happen and we sort of sleepwalk through it, whether it's tasks or just things that happen. And mindfulness in the exercise that you just helped me through, it allowed me to sort of take control or take landscape of how I'm feeling and the, the things that are going on and just to take, take the reins again. Yeah, absolutely. That, that I couldn't have said it better myself. It's, it's a tool that can really support more choice around how we respond to our experiences. Besides those exercises, I've seen a ton of apps related to mindfulness. Are there any that you actually recommend? You know, you know, I haven't done a lot of research on the mindfulness apps, but I would say, Brandon, if you have any that you're curious about, I'm, I'm interested in looking them over. What I would say is that an app that, that offers a really short practice um, that doesn't feel overwhelming to to whoever you are, right? To you, you you get to decide for yourself. Like, what can I commit to? One of the things that I like to support my clients to actually value is like, let's have success, right? As opposed to trying and trying and trying to do something that doesn't work for us. It's too much. We can't fit it in, into our schedule. Um, you know, try something small. So I, I would love to know if there are apps with, with small practices that, um, that offer that kind of pause opportunity. Most of the apps, I would say, probably kind of live in that, in that realm that I was um, beginning with, with, with the sort of execution practices and receptivity practices. Probably not as many are going to be about just noticing your own experience. And something that I um, am very happy to do is to just record a little short one of those self-connection checks. And if you think that might be helpful to have access to, I'd be happy to share it. Yeah, that might be fantastic. So as we we wrap up this this conversation, I want to bring it back to uh, HR managers in the workplace. This is this is the audience, right? So why does mindfulness belong in the workplace and why, why should HR managers help support the employees practice mindfulness? Just sum it up for us. I think there's a few answers to that question. And what, what the, the big things that come up for me are we want our employees to be responding to the challenges in the workplace as opposed to reacting. Um, so many of our... Uh, problems in the workplace come out of reactivity. Mindfulness supports a kind of pause moment where we can respond, right? Um, and I think the other piece is that it's a very powerful wellness tool. Simple practice like the self-connection check can support our, uh, your you know, employees to be more aware of what it is that they are, what's going on with them. What do they need? Um, you know, what kind of support might they need? So I would say that 
you know, those are the two big pieces that that come to my mind. You know, wellness in the workplace being, and I would say probably engagement as well, paying attention to how engaged are we in our work um, and what can we do about that, right? Um, But also, you know, this piece of reactivity and managing reactivity. Our relationships are so important in the workplace, and if we can engage um, in a responsive manner, we're going to have a lot more success. Before we go, can you provide us sort of a summary of what you do for your clients and any other links, resources, um, anything that you're doing that would tie in really nicely with this, just to you know, find like for just for people to find out more about what you're doing and how you can help. There's a couple of great blogs that I'll direct you all to. Um, for those of you that are particularly interested in the sort of gym workout mindfulness, right? On the one end, execution. On the other end, receptivity. Check out these two blogs. One of them is written by Tara Brock. She is a wealth of knowledge on the topic of mindfulness and has her own website that I would suggest that you check out. Um, and secondly, there's a website called Wild Mind, and that's another meditation resource that you can hop on and uh, get a little more clarity on these, these skills. If you want something simpler, you want just a guided opportunity um, to kind of check in with yourself, you want to incorporate it into your workday, I have a recording up on my website. Um, it's really easy to get to at pearlwaldorf.com slash self-connection check. This is a wonderful, quick way to check in with yourself. And then finally, I am offering a couple of classes for folks here in Portland who might be interested in kind of exploring some of these topics a little more deeply. And you can find that information on my website at pearlwaldorf.com. Fantastic. Pearl, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. I, I've really found this valuable and I know, I know others are going to feel the same way when they hear this. So thank you. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.